Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. Even the things that I just told you, you know, it's like I needed to get grades. What is a grade? It's an outcome. I wanted more money. It's, a, it's an outcome. But this is the stuff that's force fed to us as kids when in, when you're really trying to close gaps, right, in your life, then it's like you have to focus on the process, right? You have to understand mm-hmm. that it's not about the, and this is really, really hard because as a kid growing up, myself included, you know, you're playing youth sports. What's the most important thing? Winning the game. You know, I'm in school. What's the most important thing? Getting the grade. I'm, I'm trying to make, you know, I'm, I'm in business. What's the most important thing? Getting the sale. So everything around us is compounding the outcome fallacy, the idea mm-hmm. that outcomes are more important than processes. But when you think about life and when you think about closing any kind of gap, it's, yeah. you know, you live your life 99% of the time, not in the outcome. You live it in the mm-hmm. process. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. 
Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Doug, welcome to the Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Trini, it's an absolute pleasure to, uh, to be here. Yeah, it is my pleasure to have you here. So I actually uh, found out about your work because you wrote in and you told me about your book, The Gap, The Little Space Between What You Know and Don't Know. And as somebody who is always interested in the way that our minds work, uh, the book intrigued me quite a bit, um, all of which we will get into. But before we get into the book, uh, I want to start by asking you, what is one of the most important things that you learn from one or both of your parents that have shaped and influenced who you become? And what you've done with your life? Well, yeah, that, that's a uh, that's a good question, actually. So, I don't know if I'm the best person to answer that question, but I will try to give the two qualities that uh, I admire in them, and hopefully, they trickle down into me. And so, you know, I think with my father, particularly um, <laughs> for many things that he is and isn't, he he's a person who would give you the shirt off his back. And you know, th- there's never been a time in my life that I remember my father trying, putting himself before somebody else to the point where it actually gets annoying at the dinner table when you tell him that, uh, you know, I really don't want any more food. Are you sure you don't want more? Are you sure you don't want more? You know, so it's, it's one of those things where it's like, he's insistent upon, you know, you, he can't eat the last thing. You've got to have the first thing. And so, yes, it, it could get, it could go all the way into the, the annoying range. But I think that that definitely uh, if anything, I hope, I hope to embody just a little bit of empathy that, that, that he exemplifies. And the other quality, I think with my mother, um, you know, my mother is somebody who, uh, she, she, she raised, uh, I'm a, I'm the, uh, third son, uh, the youngest son of three boys. And she didn't work primarily through when we were kids, my father provided for the, you know, did the majority of the providing for the family. And, my mother later on in life has become this like super, super driven individual so much so that she's, you know, in her sixties and, you know, late sixties now. And she's 
a personal trainer and she, you know, she does network marketing and like, she's like this like super, super driven individual who, you know, really embodies, uh, you know, if, if I could continue to, if I can like harness any of that as I age, I would be, you know, more than thrilled. So between those two things, the drive of my mother and the empathy of my father, if those two things trickle down. I, I'm okay with it. Everything else, uh, you know, I'll take it as I can get it, I guess. Yeah. What, what do you think it is in your mother that, uh, ignited that drive at that age? Because I, you know, I get to talk to, you know, as you might imagine, a wide variety of people, listeners, you know, guests, and, you know, they range in age. And, and sometimes I think people who are older, like, especially at that age, feel like, oh, you know, it's too late to do this. It's too late to do that. Why do you think that is? Like, what do you think it is about your mother that ignited that drive later in life? Well, I think particularly with her, and I, and I hate to speak for her, but in, uh, you know, given the nature of the question, I think with her, you know, she, she and I think this is really important for all of us as individuals. Is she, you know, she was over, she was, you know, severely overweight. Maybe a, she lost in her fifties over a hundred pounds, and you know that happened when she met an individual who was a personal trainer at the time. And the reason why I say that this happens to all of us, or I hope this happens to all of us in our life is, you know, we come across these influences in our life. Um, and I'm not sure if we, we always recognize them, but they're pivotal to encouraging you to, to take the next step, to learn, to, to, to do whatever it is. And it's like, if you recognize it, then it could be such, it could be such a huge leverage point in your life. I know that I've had them in my life where people that have encouraged me with new things that I'm trying to do, um, and it always starts with that someone seeing something inside of you before you, you see it in yourself, or, or even you may see it in yourself, but not to the degree or the support that's necessary. And then you meet this person that then kind of caters you along. And then it, it, it opens mm-hmm. up this entire world that you didn't even know existed. And so I think that that really happened with her. She lost, she ended up losing the weight. And then it was just this whole world just opened up for her. Mm. it's it's funny that you say that i was thinking about you know the first mentor that i worked with a guy named greg hartle and i remember when i saw him on twitter he had like 100 followers on twitter uh but i was just intrigued by the story he walked out of his door with ten dollars and a laptop and he was traveling to all 50 states you know and it was just this crazy bizarre story and the thing that i i you know that i always took from that is that we should never judge the impact that somebody could have on our life based on their perceived status on the internet. Um, Because, you know, the impact that he had on where I'm at today was instrumental. And yet, you know, I think there's this tendency in the online world, you know, we speak about biases to look at, oh, based on this person's number of followers or whatever, that's the impact, impact that they could have. Yet, sometimes it's the people that nobody has ever heard of that could have the biggest impact on them. Yeah. And you know, and I think the other thing too is it's, you know, we're all, we all come into ideas, concepts, stories, all kinds of, you know, forms of, um, you know, information that we're going to come across and we're going to come at it from a completely different perspective, a completely different, what I call in the, in, in the gap, right. is a worldview. Your worldview is different than everybody else's and everything that you've done up until that point in your life, is going to is going to affect how you how you engage with that information and everybody is different. So, you know, you could ha- you could learn the le- you could have um, you know, and I've heard Tyler Cowen refer to a book as a, as a quake book, right? A, a quake book mm-hmm. is a book that, you know, you know, sends a quake through your body. 
Now that Quake book could be, you know, hopefully, <laughs> you know, Srini's book or The Gap or one of those, but it, it could be happening for somebody at 18 or it could happen for somebody at 50 based on their life experiences that they've, that they've accumulated to that point, right? And so some people learn yeah. ideas and, and concepts at different points in their life. And I, and I feel like we forget that a lot. And, and that's like one of the biggest things that I'm, that I was, that I'm trying to say with the gap in, in particular is that, is that understanding of people's worldviews, right? It is, is that everybody comes from a completely different slice of life. And if yeah. you fail to understand that, like in its entirety, you're going to miss the much bigger picture, especially when you're trying to engage with their content online or when you're trying to learn mm-hmm. something. Because if you can't understand why they're saying what they're saying, then it's, you know, you're not going to be able to really transfer that into a sensible way into your, into your own learning process and whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wonder, um, how did your own worldview um, shape the, the decisions that you made early on in your life and career? And you know, what was the worldview that you had and has it changed over time? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, undoubtedly it's changed. Um, so, you know, my, my story is interesting. I mean, it's not actually interesting. It's interesting in the sense that I, where, what I do now, there was no way that I'd be able to predict what I'm doing right now, even five years ago, (laughs) you know, like there's no, yeah. So, I mean, and, and I think that, I think that, you know, that idea alone is what compelled me to explore this topic and, and try to, you know, the, the gap, the idea isn't necessarily a new idea, really. It's, it's, it's an idea that I was recognized and then I kind of just put it into, into, a, into a book format and, and talked about it, but it's not like it's a new idea. And so what made me think about that is this, this uncertainty of my own life, right? So I, I started out as a, you know, I grew up as any Amer- young American, uh, kid would grow up, right? Sports. Uh, you know, you want to go to college, you want to get good grades, you want to, um, you know, you know, and then it's, you know, how's the, what's the easy, what's the way that I'm going to make the most money? Oh, okay. The most way I'm going to make the most money is let me get into sales because I heard sales, you know, you can make a lot of money doing that. So, you know, I, okay. So I get into sales and then I go through that process and then, you know, through that, uh, through that, you know, you're, I'm just going along this path that you're not, you know, you're, I'm not really making many decisions for me. And in the book, I call it the, you know, the, the outcome fallacy, right? This promise mm-hmm. that outcomes are going, that are, uh, you know, it, it's, it's this, it's this, it's this lie that, that is sold to us that, it, that it's outcomes, right? And even the things that I just told you, you know, it's like, I needed to get grades. What is a grade? It's an outcome. I wanted more money. It's a, it's an outcome. But this is the stuff that's force fed to us as kids when in, when you're really yeah. trying to close gaps, right? In your life, then it's like you have to focus on, the process, right? You have to understand mm-hmm. that it's not about the, and this is really, really hard because as a kid growing up, myself included, you know, you're playing youth sports. What's the most important thing? Winning the game. You know, I'm in school. What's the most important thing? Getting the grade. I'm, I'm trying to make, you know, I'm, I'm in business. What's the most important thing? Getting the sale. So everything around us is compounding the outcome fallacy, the idea mm-hmm. that outcomes are more important than processes. But when you think about life and when you think about closing any kind of gap, it's, yeah. you know, you live your life 99% of the time, not in the outcome. You live it in the mm-hmm. process. So if we're not yeah. focused on that process, it's like almost, it's almost like we're, we're telling ourselves a lie every day 
and we're living in this like fictitious fantasy world. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate the. I don't know how else to explain it, but yeah. Oh, it. no, no, you're speaking my language. I mean, I wrote an entire book about this called The Audience of One Reclaiming Creativity for Its Own Sake. And, you know, that was really kind of the the core argument was that, you know, like this is where you're going to spend the time, those moments in the spotlight, like when you get that book deal or when you're on the bestseller list, those are temporary. They're fleeting. It's like a small percentage of, you know, where you're spending your time. And so it, it kind of, you know, to me, it was like, if you're not enjoying the process, you're never going to actually succeed at it. It's funny because, you know, we're doing a course right now on, you know, how to build an audience and 90% of the the material is around behavioral change. It has very yeah. little to do with the tactical aspects. I'm like, look, any one of you could easily go implement the tactics because there's, those are straightforward. Uh, something that you, you said, you mentioned that, you know, you took a career in sales. It's funny how parallel our stories are because I literally have the exact same story. I was like, ah, don't have the grades for investment banking, management consulting, or getting a job at Google, which, you know, is kind of standard yeah. affair when you go to Berkeley. Um, so one of the things I've always wondered is why we are so conditioned to only choose from the options in front of us and be completely blinded to the possibilities that surround us, because I would not have made any of the career choices that I made knowing what I do now. And maybe that is part of filling in the gap. Yeah. And so I, I think that's, that's where, that's where you and I come in and everybody Mm -hmm. else who you've had on this show come in. Right. And that's the reason why we, 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 we choose to write about the topics that we write. And we choose to, you know, uh, put the, the, the different forms of information and media that we choose to put out into the world because it's all about exposure, right? I mean, there mm-hmm. is no, you know, exposure is dynamic in the sense that you need it to, 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 you need it in order to learn and to understand. But it also can be, if you, if you're overexposed to something, it could have the, it could have adverse effects too, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, so, it's one of those, it's, it's one of those, you know, dynamics that, that changes based on what, what, where you are on the spectrum of what you're being exposed to. But kids that have no exposure to you or I or any of the people that you, you know, the great, um, thinkers or, or writers or anybody that you've had on this show that, you know, they're not going to, they're just not going to see it. It's not in their worldview. It's not in their perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes that intersection of, you know, the, the idea that changed everything for me was the idea was this was a, so I, I hate the clown on the book because it's a good, it's a great book and it affected me in such a big way. It's just a book that, you know, you, I, I probably wouldn't pick up now, but because of where I was along my journey, when I picked up the compound effect by Darren Hardy, it was mm-hmm. a, it's a self help book. That, yeah. that idea of the comp of compounding of, you know, the little things that you do on a daily basis, then make up your life, make up everything. Yeah. Like that idea quaked me. It rocked my world. And when I, when I really started to embrace it, it was like, oh my gosh, like you, I'm, I'm either going to continue to make these, fi- these bad financial decisions, or I'm going to continue to all these little things that I'm doing on a daily basis, or I'm going to do it in the opposite way. And I'm going to start writing my first book, or I'm going to start writing mm-hmm. the article, or I'm going to start, you know, and then slowly, but surely, you know, now it's, you know, two books and three and, you know, and articles and this, that and all this stuff. And now, you know, five years later, six years later, the life is completely different. And so then like, now you look back and you say to yourself, you know, well, you know, I could have comp- you know, you could compound in any way you want, you know? And so it's, it's, it, you know, that idea, and, and I'm sorry, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but the idea of um, exposure to that book was the, uh-huh. was the, you know, and I picked it up on a whim. And if I hadn't picked that book up on a whim, I don't, 
would I mean, I would like to think that I would have still followed the, the path that I followed, but did I really, or have I, would I really, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I could. So, you know, I think that the other thing you said is that you shouldn't just consider literal factor opinion, consider the source's worldview. And, it, you know, what struck me about that line in particular um, is something that I've talked about before. Like, I realized that my worldview is shaped actually quite very much from a place of privilege. Like, I'm the son of a college professor, you know, not abusive parents. Like, you know, we didn't grow up dirt poor. We didn't grow up rich. But, you know, upper middle class, there's no question as to whether I was ever going to go to college. And, you know, when I read things on the internet, particularly from like the world of coaching and, and you know, sort of the, the spaces that you and I play in, sometimes I think we are very blind to the, the, you know, the fact that many of us are speaking from our own semblance of privilege. Like our worldview is one of privilege. 100%. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that that's, I think the most challenging thing about communication and, and, and learning and is, is walking into your day, understanding that every person that you encounter did not grow up with like you did not encounter, have mm -hmm. the same experiences that you had. And that will change everything. It changes everything. They can't engage with the same piece of information in the same way because they have no two humans on this world have had the same compounded experiences. Like there is none. It's, it's an, there, it doesn't exist. You know, so me and you, although we have come, we, we, we are, we are here and having this conversation and we may have similarities in our background, there's the way that you got here and I, and the way I got here are two completely different things. And I don't know any of it. I mean, we know mm -hmm. what it, I know. I don't know any of it. And just like, you don't like, we only know what we're, what we're, what we're talking about and what we're finding out. And I think that when you're, when you go out into the world on a daily basis, that reminder of perspective is, you know, it, understanding that everybody's perspective and everybody's worldview is completely different is really, really important. Mm -hmm. And especially, especially yeah. when you're engaging with, with information online, because it could be anybody, it could be anybody mm -hmm. that, that, and, and, and even if, even if it is someone that you trust, and in the book, I, I you know, I, I put a lot of reference, you know, a lot of different, I talk about a lot of different examples, but yeah. you know, let's say, I, I'd say, I talk about Ray Dalio really, really quickly and mm -hmm. a quick example. And all I, and, and really all, all I was saying there was what's more important, knowing that Ray Dalio said X about um, X about the, in, about the business industry or about the economy, or is it, yeah. or is it understanding why he's saying what he's saying? And the only way to understand why he's saying what he's saying is understanding more about Ray Dalio. So how would you find out more about Ray uh -huh. Dalio? Well, you'd go have to read his book. You'd have to go and see, go read his, you know, go, go read his Wikipedia page, go read, you know, find out more about the source because when you know more about the source, now you're like, oh, okay, now I get it. He believes in a meritocracy, <laughs> you know, he believes in a meritocracy. Yeah. And so he believes that best idea wins out. He's also big into transcendental meditation. So that plays on his history. Oh, okay. You know, like all these things now start to connect the dots. And then you're like, okay, mm. now we can see like why he's saying what he, why, why he might be saying it, right? Like it, it, you, you never, mm -hmm. but, but just saying that, okay, Ray Dalio told me that I should have principles in my life. Well, that's great. You know, uh, you should have principles in your life, but why is he telling you that? Hey, it's Trini. I hope you're liking this episode of The Unmistakable Creative. Did you know that every Sunday, our community manager, Melina, sends out 10 key takeaways from episodes like this one? All you have to do to receive it is sign up for our newsletter. Just visit unmistakablecreative.com slash newsletter, and you'll get them delivered right to your inbox. Again, that's unmistakablecreative.com slash newsletter. 
Well, I think the other thing is, you know, and we'll talk about this when we get to, you know, gatekeepers and specialists is, is context. But you know, let, let's talk about this idea of matching. You know, one of the things you said is that all these modern technology algorithms are designed to give you more of what you want, when you want it, and how you want it. Google can tell you the best restaurant, wherever you're currently located, where to get your car fixed, or literally anything else for that matter. Like what brand of horseradish to buy. Facebook needs to ensure you stay on Facebook so they give you more of what you want, which means the same news articles from the same people and same entities, all with the same worldviews. Democrats reading why Republicans suck, Republicans reading why Democrats suck, and ad after ad from the websites you visit most often. Uh, and, you know, this is disturbing on numerous levels uh, because what I've realized is that millions of people have different versions of what the truth is. Um, and we've seen that. You know, I, every now and then, if I'm at a speaking engagement, I will turn on Fox News because I just want to see what people are being told. Totally. And I think it's, it's really, really terrifying that um our own beliefs are being reinforced like so this is why you know, i remember you know i picked up roger ailes book you are the message and, yeah. and i remember my brother-in-law thought it was insane he said roger ailes is a despicable human being i said yes i agree that doesn't mean that i can't learn something from him because roger ailes built a massive media company he's probably got some useful advice so i want to find out what it is um but it's interesting because our own biases get in the way of that. And I think this matching thing is a real issue. It's I, I've noticed it in my own reading habits as well. Totally. That, you know, you look at my, my bookshelf and I'm like, wow, uh, you know, am I opening up a therapist office or am I really fucked up? <laughs> so it's, it's it, you're, you're hitting on something that's it, it's it, so matching inherently. So again, another thing that is, is it could be a positive and a negative, right? Cause matching, when you think about matching, matching is also the thing that companies use to provide us immense value in our life. So we, we willingly sign up for matching. You know, we, we want to you go on, uh, you know, we want that curated, we want Uber to match us with the best driver. We want Amazon to match us with the products we want. We, we sign up for that. I mean, it, it provides, it saves us time. It gives, it, you know, it, it adds value to our lives. Now, that and as you've as you've mentioned here, the, the 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 other side of the coin, which is the downside of matching, if you really want to close a gap in your life, you know, and and that's learning something new, that little space between what you know and you don't know, matching may not be a huge value add anymore. It could be, but it may not be because like because now you have to start learning things that you don't know and things that you disagree with. And things that make mm -hmm. you feel uncomfortable, and you're just not going to get that unless you're actively fight pushing back on what I call counterforce. And matching is the big is one of the big pieces of counterforce in our life today, as a you know as a modern you know as a modern individual because of all the noise that is existing both online um and the tech how the technology is being developed because again it's adding value to your life and you are signing up for it you do like it and you, it, it's not that it's mm -hmm. inherently a bad thing it's that if you recognize that you want to close a gap in your life whether you want to be a better voter whether you want to have a better relationship whether you want to whatever the gap is that understanding of that little space of what you know and what you don't know then you've got to make it a priority right to kind of okay i've got to go seek out Roger Ailes book I've got to go seek out mm -hmm. these other forms that I'm just not going to get in my little bubble because everything is matching with me. <laughs> Nothing, I, mm -hmm. all the stuff that doesn't match with me is just, it's just, it's just going to, 
float by and I'm not going to, I'm not going to engage with it. And those are the, that's the area that is going to have the most growth, right? Like those are the areas that are going to have the most yeah. growth. Uh, well, I mean, I think you kind of really, you know, teed up the whole idea of, uh, you know, exploring something that is unknown. Uh, I think that, you know, I, I mean, this is why I always jokingly say my first book, uh, unmistakable could have been called everybody is full of shit. Uh, <laughs> and part of the reason I say that was because, you know, we look at something that works for another person. We're like, oh, I'm just going to do that and I'm going to get the same result. And I think that comes from this unwillingness to, you know, seek out something unknown. And you say closing the gap requires change from the norm. It requires doing something different. It requires seeking out a little bit more. It requires growth. Other than what I pointed out, why do you think we resist that? Uh, just so I can clarify, resist, resist what? Resist that idea of seeking out the unknown. Because, you know, what do people do? They look at something that works for somebody else. They're like, cool, I'm just going to do that and I'll produce the same result. Oh man, why? It's uncomfortable. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, you know, why, you know, I think it's, you know, we have built in, you know, I, I think uh, actually, you know what, Let, let's slow down for a minute and, and, and really look at how we are as humans, right? We're built to survive, right? We're built to, mm -hmm. we do things, we're survival based individuals, right? So we, we, we want to make ourselves feel good. We, we want to look good to our tribes. We want to, you know, we, we don't want to, Inherently, we don't want to put ourselves into uncomfortable situations because we want to, we want to survive, right? And so what's the easiest way to survive? Not engaging with stuff that you're going to have to, sh you're going to have to really stretch yourself to understand. You're going to have be in waters where you're, it's going to be sink or swim unless you really try to grab onto that, that life raft. And as long as we don't have to do that, as long as we don't have to do that, we're going to make sure that why, why would we, you know, why, why would we do it? You know, why, why would we go down that path? Why would we do it if, if we didn't, um, you know, if, if we didn't have to. So it's, 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 it's not mm -hmm. an idea. It's not the, it's, it's, it's recognizing that I, first you have the gap that you're trying to close and then it's okay. Now that I know that I have a gap that I want to close, it's embracing the fact that I'm not that intelligent in, in that gap. Right. It's just, I have to, I ha there's a lot that I have to learn. There, there's, it's just, it is what it is. Everybody starts off doing something for the first time and then it's okay. Now it's like, how do we, how do we, what do we, what do we need to engage with and how do we engage with that information? And, you know, I don't want to go too far into off the beaten path because, you know, why is it so hard? It's our wiring, you know, it's, it's our, it's, it's our wiring. We, we don't, we just don't want to be uncomfortable. We want to survive. You know, we, we want to, we want to make mm -hmm. sure, I mean, I don't know if there's a better answer than that. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. 
Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Velour XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Yeah. So you talk about gatekeepers, which I, you know, appreciate, you know, Seth Godin had always talked about this idea of stop waiting to be picked. And I remember, I, you know, even for me personally, I had had this goal of getting a book deal with a publisher for like years on end. Yeah. And I finally decided, oh, nobody's going to come knock at my door to do that. And I self-published a book that became you know, a Wall Street Journal bestseller by a series of freakish accidents. Um, but you said that the bottom line is that now we have open distribution and application of content. We have unlimited access. And you know, the gatekeeper thing is really interesting to me because uh, my editor at Penguin, she told me once, she said, you know, people sit here thinking that we're all sitting on our high horses, just waiting to reject people. And she said, our job depends on our ability to say yes. But I also realized I was like, oh, well, people have to give you the opportunity to say yes. Yeah. Uh, 
So what is it about about that that you know people resist? And then you talk about unlimited access. This is something I've thought a lot about uh, because I've seen these people who build uh, businesses that are heavily dependent on Facebook. You know, these, yeah, these I've seen coaches where they have to keep posting on Facebook just to get clients. And you know, my roommate and I have talked about this. I said you are renting your audience yeah. for Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, you don't own your audience. And anytime you build an empire and rented land, if the landlord changes his mind, you're screwed. Yeah. So you know, I, I, I it, it's interesting. So a lot of, you're gonna, you probably hear me hear me say the same thing a couple times over. Is that access is another thing that it, it's it has a plus and a minus, right? Access mm-hmm. is great because you have the ability to self-publish, right? You have the ability to. To, to do, you have the ability to, to not wait to get picked, like Seth Godin would say, right? You have the ability to just go out and yeah. do, 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 do. And that, that is a, a tremendous power, right? That is a tremendous advantage to have. Now, mm-hmm. let's look at the other side of the coin. Because anyone could do that, because any, because there's open access, that means anybody could do that. <laughs> you know, so now it's, mm-hmm. now it's, okay, we have all this access. To, we have all this access to information, but who are the people that are actually supplying this information? So I say, so in the book, I, I look at, you know, two different types of people that are supplying information, right? Or supplying, uh, you know, to, to, to you uh, as a gap closer. You have specialists mm-hmm. and you have gatekeepers. And gatekeepers, this is, you know, what you had just cued on, it are the people that we seek approval from. And the specialists are the people we rely on for advice. Right. And so if you're mm-hmm. closing any gap in your life, it's, it's, it's pivotal to understand both of those because as we just said, access is providing ample amounts of each of those things. They're providing, it's for access now that it's unhinged, it's providing ample amounts of gatekeepers, ample amounts of specialists. Now, someone listening may say, well, that's not true. How could there be so many gatekeepers? You know, how, how could there be, you know, well, because gatekeepers are all I'm saying is a, a gatekeeper is someone you seek approval from. So what does that mean? That means you are giving power to somebody and something that mm-hmm. then requires your approval. So it doesn't mean that it's just the traditional person that's publishing your book. It's where you grant power to has power over you, right? So it's like if I listen to the same podcast over and over and over and over again, then I'm going to read all those books. I'm going to I'm going to read all the books that are curated for me. I'm also going to try to maybe at some point try to impress that podcaster. Or I don't know. Like you're, 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 you're self curating. You're giving your power. You're giving your attention to somebody, this gatekeeper who then now it controls the approval process by which you go through life, that which you go through your learning process. Right. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm examining in the book, just as much as I'm examining the, actual uh, gatekeeper that is you publish your book or you don't publish your book it's where are you giving power to today where because if you're trying to close your these gaps in your life and you're remember matching isn't making that easy it's matching you with the gatekeepers that you want to engage with you know it's the it it all kind of intertwines together but it all starts with really understanding who are the gatekeepers who are you where where are you Mm -hmm. getting your news today where are you what, what, yeah. what podcasters are you listening to? What blogs are you reading? What books, you know, where, where are all, you know, it's, 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 it's an identification process of where you're getting your information because you, and then, yeah. and then we could, I mean, this could go into the next piece of 
you know, then these gatekeepers have biases and they have private interests and they have, uh-huh. you know, there's, there's all this blossoming that happens then once you first identify these gatekeepers and these specialists. And I'm not saying you shouldn't engage with specialists because you absolutely right. have to. People know, you know, I, I always say, you know, my, if you read my writing, it's some of it's entertaining, some of it's educational, but none of it is expertise. They got experts for that stuff. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's true. It, yeah, I, I kind of really, <laughs> it's true. It's like, I, I, I'm, I'm very much, you know, so I, I, I rely on specialists all the time. And so I don't want to mm-hmm. go into, you know, I, I don't want to take this conversation into, uh, in, 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 you know, unveiling, you know, or, or, or going down paths that you don't necessarily want to go down. So let, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, uh, we'll, we'll keep it there and we'll, we'll, we'll play off of the, uh, yeah. you know, what, what we just talked about. There. Well, I, I think that you, you and I are, are similar in that sense that like, I am always looking for both a combination of education and entertainment. And, you know, like to me, I want to learn something, but I also want the conversation to be entertaining like that usually. And it's funny because I will prioritize entertainment over education every single time. Um, so we'll get to that because you have something really <laughs> interesting that you said about entertainment. But one of the things you said about interest is that you should always be accounting for the influence private interests have on how information is shared and received. Many of the specialists and gatekeepers you trust for advice have private interests. All those news outlets you read, channels you watch, podcasts you listen to, and influencers you follow on social media have private interests. Most everyone has a form of private interest. You know, it's funny because um, this is one of those things that I see over and over and over. People do not consider context when they get advice. So, you know, some famous podcaster says, hey, everybody should start a podcast. And it's like, wait a minute, you realize this person sells a course on how to start a podcast. Of course, they're going to tell you that. Take that into consideration. But most people don't. They treat guidance as gospel. The thing is, how do you... Avoid that. So bias. I, I think that it's well. There, there's two. There's two. Two big things here. Mm-hmm. One, yes, if we can't get by the idea that everybody has some form of private interest, if we can't understand that in, in, from a real in, in reality, then that's a that's a really big uh, barrier to your to your learning, right? Because it it does exist. I mean, there's just no way. There's no way around it. I mean, I, I earn a living somehow. You earn a living somehow. Everyone earns a living somehow, right? And so it's like there is private interest that exists, right? But the other piece of it is what you, you mentioned about advice. So the funny thing that I always think about with advice is let's go back to the perspective piece. Nine out of 10 times, mm. nine out of 10 times, the person that's giving you advice is not giving you advice based on your situation. They're giving you advice based on something that they've done in their life, based on the thing, based on the way that they see the world based on the, their perspective. Now, how do I know that? I know that because, so this past year, I'll give you a perfect example. This past year, I got into a really bad jet ski accident. And I, uh, I needed, I had an open fracture, my ankle, and I needed surgery and all this stuff. And every time I would tell, you know, every time someone, every time someone would ask me, uh, you know, how you doing? Or, you know, and I would say, oh, you know, you know, it's a tough injury, blah, blah, blah. And they would say, well, you know, I know how you feel because, you know, it happened to me, you know, I broke my ankle once. Now, look, I get it what you're trying to do. You're trying to say, you're trying to give, you're trying to find commonality with me. But in reality is if you're going to then go and start talking about giving me advice on how to help my recovery, shouldn't you be asking me more questions about what exactly happened to me instead of telling me that you mm-hmm. broke your ankle once? But that's what people default to. They default and there's nothing wrong with that. 
But as somebody who's out there trying to learn something new, we should understand that by its very nature, most people that are ready to give you advice, myself included, unless I'm unless I am given the proper amount of time to dive deeper into your situation and we can talk about that, I'm going to just give you mm. advice based on how I see the world, based on my situation, and based on you know the things that I've done. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that goes even back, even that, that stresses the importance even more, Srini, on why we need to know who our gatekeepers are, who our specialists are, their worldviews, their perspective, because if we're entrusting these people to give us advice, we need to know that stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's no, mm-hmm. uh, there's no, there's no way around it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I, uh, you know, I we I do a lot of writing around productivity and uh, you know building systems, and you know, in this mastermind group, a lot of these people are parents, and I, I have to tell them, I, you know, I'm always really open and say, look, I realize that my own biases of the fact that I am a single guy are going to get in the way here in terms of how I tell you to run your days. And so I jokingly say, if you want Tim Ferriss to really have a lifestyle design experiment, drop your kids off at his house in the morning, then see how his morning routine gets handled. That to me would be fascinating. Exactly. I'd love to see that. So if anybody could make that happen, please tell me. Uh, I'd also like to see it. I'd also like but, to see it. Uh, because yeah, I mean, it really, it doesn't, like you said, I mean, anybody could follow that advice, but I mean, if Tim Ferriss had three children running around, like vying for his attention, I think that, you know, superhuman productivity would go to shit really fast. Super fast. But I think that that leads into something else that we, uh, it's another aspect of closing the gap, right? It's another aspect of learning is understanding trade-offs, you know, and, and, and that there are mm-hmm. no solutions. There are no real solutions. Yes. You could, you could put a yeah. solution in place, but what are you giving up to implement that solution, right? Like, what are you, because everything, mm. if I want to write more, that means I'm going to, uh, that means I'm not going to be able to podcast more. If I want to podcast more, you know, you can't do one, you can't do two things at the same time. So you have to ch- pick and choose, you know, and this is base level stuff, but trade-offs happen at every level. Politically, they happen all the time. You know, it happens in every level. Trade-off mm. is are an essential, an essential part of life. So, being able to assess trade-offs based on advice that you are getting from somebody. Okay, I'm going to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. But what does that mean? Okay, that may mean that I can't stay up till twelve o'clock at night watching Netflix anymore. You know, but you know, we're not. You know, and this is again very base level. But this, the idea of trading off something for something else is an idea that we either don't want to uh-huh. believe in or we've just been told something so many times that this is the way that we have to do it or this is the way that you should do it. But in reality, it's like everything has a good and a bad. Everything has a strength and a weakness. Everything, you know, when you add something, you have to subtract something. Time is finite, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, 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 I'm yeah, sorry. I have a tendency to rant sometimes. Like, so it's like, no, 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 not at all. Because I, I agree. I mean, I, I agree completely. Uh, one thing uh, I think that this is actually really interesting to me. You talked about bias and the fact that we tend to overvalue the first piece of information we received. And this is something I've thought a lot about. Uh, when I was uh, like literally on the verge of applying to grad school, I had two job offers, which was the first time in my life I'd had that. Uh, one was to work for the startup uh, down in, in Mountain View, and the other was to work at Nielsen in San Francisco. And the craziest thing uh, was I, you know, I would call the, the startup in Mountain View every day. The recruiter would call and say, "Look, I just don't want to do the drive." And the next day, she would call and she would up the offer by ten yeah. grand. And they went all the way up from like 
55 to 80,000 to get me to make the drive. Now I never took the job and I'll tell you why, because I liked the hiring manager and I knew I was applying, applying to grad school. I was like, I don't feel right about screwing this guy over the boss at Nielsen. I was like, I don't have a problem with screwing this guy over. I can tell I'm not going to like him. And it made me think about, you know, the whole idea of the first piece of information. And I, what it made me see was that you almost should never choose from your first available option. And we do that in relationships. We do that with hiring. Uh, and I've made this mistake myself because w- what I realized uh, was that, you know, I mean, people say, oh, dating multiple people makes you a player. And I was like, well, here's the thing. When you only have one option for something, I think that your emotions tend to get in the way. And I think with options, you get better yeah. judgment. And with better judgment, you get better discernment. Uh, yeah. So that was my takeaway from what you said about the the first piece of information we received. But I'm curious, like, what else... You know what am yeah, I missing so, here? I mean, again, so I think that this, that, <laughs> I think that this plays out in our everyday lives more than more than people probably are willing to admit. But you know, it's it's like the it's like the radio, you know, the, the morning radio expert, right? So you know, and I, what what I what do I mean by that is, you know, you, you go into a um, into a meeting or you know some business environment, and someone listens to something on the radio on the radio the morning, you know, on that morning coming into into the meeting, and then all of a sudden. They, they say it in the meeting like they've known it for forever. But it was really just the, the way that they, they went, it was the first time they heard that piece of information. And so they now, because it rocked their world, right, it quaked them a little bit, they feel like they, they, they need to profess it, but they haven't really done any vetting of, of that information at all. And then the, what's even worse about that is that that person will hang, it will, they will anchor on that piece of information as it is the truth as they go and explore other avenues of information. So not only do they, not only did it just happen on a whim, you know, they, they read the thing online, they heard Doug Vigliotti say something on a podcast and then they, they're like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. And go say it to somebody, but they didn't even go check out. They didn't even go check the validity of it. They don't even, they don't even go and uh-huh. they don't even, you know, because, and then anything that they else that they encounter, they're going to say, well, how does it stack up against what Doug said? And I'm just another human, you know, I'm just, I, you know, I'm as fallible as anybody. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's, I, I, this, these are, this is the way that I think this is the way that, I, you know, my opinion on, on, on the, on the matter, you know, things that I've identified, right. That in, in, in our, in, in our learning journey, but in no way am I telling you that it's the, an absolute fact. It's an absolute um, mm-hmm. truth. No, 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 no. You're going to decide that when you start applying some of this stuff inside of your own learning journey, right? Inside of your own gap. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ways to spread the message of our mission here at The Unmistakable Creative is through speaking. In the last few years, I've delivered keynotes and workshops to professional associations, large companies like Citibank and Meredith Corp, and even small ones on how creativity can lead to better working environments, fuel innovation, and increase the bottom line. So if you think I'd be a fit for your upcoming event and want to learn more, visit speaking.unmistakablecreative.com and get in touch. Again. That's speaking.unmistakablecreative.com. Let's talk about this whole idea of entertainment. You said polarity breeds virality. The more you play on the edges, test the boundaries, and challenge the status quo, the greater your chances of going viral or spreading rapidly. And you made me think of something that uh, two people have said to me. Uh, Justine Musk once said, if you have a bold and compelling point of view, it's going to piss people off. Uh, And that always stayed with me. And I realized that that was so critical to reaching a large group of people. And anytime you reach a large group of people, you're going to reach some who hate. Always, always. But, you know, I, so I, I think that 
you know, I have a love hate relationship with this, right? So I, I do. And I, I'll tell you why, because I, I, you know, one of the greatest tragedies to me is somebody who isn't strong enough, isn't confident enough to express their own opinion, right? Like to me that, that really, it mm. like, it hurts me when I see somebody who, who is so capable and has, um, um, uh, thinks about something in such an amazing way or has done great research or has this great idea and they, they, they can't say it and they can't, they can't bring themselves to, to tell the world about it because they're nervous about how the world is going to take that, how they're going to, you know, how they're going to, um, receive it and then how they're going to utilize it. And are they going to take it out of context? Because a lot of the things that I'm even having a conversation with you about right now, you know, taken out of context, it could be a nightmare. Right. And so that to me, that, that, you know, on one hand, that really is like a painful thing. But on the, on the other hand, it's almost like, you know, (laughs) on the other hand, it's almost like, you have to be aware of the entertainment aspect of what people are saying, right? And you have to be aware of yeah. that there, there is that dynamic of some things are more for entertainment and some things are more for education. Mm-hmm. And going yeah. back to the morning, the, you know, the, 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 the morning radio, uh, expert. Is that really the expert on what you're, you know, the, the person that you're quoting now inside of the meeting that you're in? Is that really the expert? Uh, probably not. Yeah. Howard Stern probably isn't the most reliable source when it comes to 99% of things, except how to entertain you and how to, and how to make a creative, entertaining <laughs> show. So if Howard Stern's going to tell, yeah. have, start talking about how to keep you listening and how to create a, uh, you know, make you laugh. And all that, then guess what? I'm tuned in right away. But if he's going to tell me about his political view, why do I care what yeah. Howard Stern's political view is? You know? Yeah. You know, I met Glenn Beck once. And I remember when I found out I was going to meet him, people were like, Glenn Beck is a despicable human being. Like, why would you want to have anything to do with him? And I remember meeting him and I'm thinking to myself, wow, he's, I mean, I, did, I didn't even know who he was until 2013. Uh, but what I realized was that media has a way of creating masks. and. Uh, it's kind of like a game of telephone. Somebody says something and don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know, uh, defending many of the things he said, which I, I believe have been horrible and racist and crazy. Uh, but what I realized is that it's like a game of telephone gone wrong. You know, if a million people hear you say something by the time it spreads, it can be mangled so easily, uh, in the name of entertainment. And I, I see that over and over. I get people who get mad at me if I drop an occasional F bomb into yeah, my content. But with that being said, it's like, what fun is life if we're not trying to entertain people? Like if we're not trying, if we're, if it's yeah. only purely educated, like this for all intents and purposes, it, the gap is a book that is, you know, that is about learning and it's about how to close gaps mm-hmm. in, in, in a modern world, right? Like it, it, it's very much about that. But at the same time, if it was only educational, you know, then it would be, it's almost like, why would, why would I even want to engage with it? Why would I read? It, it's like, gets, it gets dense. It's like reading a textbook. Right. So it's like, it's my responsibility as a creator to try to make it somewhere entertaining too. Otherwise, how, why would I expect anybody to read it? It's the same thing with any of this content. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with the, the podcast. It's the same thing with it's, it's yeah. still our responsibility to make it somewhat entertaining, which means there's going to be certain amplification of, you know, when you're telling a story on certain aspects and, you know, the, the, the cases and the examples that you choose to, to utilize are going to be ones that maybe hit home a little bit, you know, more viscerally. Uh, but again, 
that's part of aware understanding a barrier that's inside mm-hmm. the gap, right? Is that there is that element yeah. of entertainment in all of the pieces that we that we engage with. So, and or it's completely educational, and in that case, you're reading a textbook. Hmm. Yeah. So let's go back to the outcome fallacy uh, for a little bit. One of the things you said about the outcome fallacy is that focusing on outcomes means you're competing against the world. Focusing on process means you're competing against yourself. And I'd take that bet. And I think that struck me for numerous reasons, uh, mainly because I, I often see people who are outcome focused. It's like the blogger who keeps checking Google Analytics, wondering why the yeah. traffic isn't going up. Uh, and yet what I wonder about this is that we live in an outcome oriented world. We get rewarded by society for outcomes. You get rewarded in high school for good grades with acceptance to a prestigious college, valedictorian status. Um, if you get good grades in college, you get basically the outcome of a job at a prestigious company with a high salary. So how in an outcome-oriented world does somebody become a process-focused person? Yeah, I, th- I, think that's a great, I think that's a great question. I think that it really comes, down, it comes back to something that's even a little bit more higher level than outcomes, which is signals. You know, so it's like, what mm. signals do we want to send to the world? You know, do we want the world, if, if all that matters to us is, if all that matters to us is that we're signaling that we're rich and we're successful and we've got the most traffic on our website, and, and if that's all that matters, then fine, have at it. Use that as a metric. But if you really ask yourself and you really start to say, think, do I want to signal to, what do I want to, do I want to signal to the world that I am a expert, a professional, uh, you know, the things that people really admire, then you have to look at the process and you have to be someone who is, who can explain their process and who can, uh, walk people through the process at which they do whatever they do. Right. And, and you can't do that if you're only focused on outcome because chances are you're outsourcing everything. And I'm not saying you're not out, you shouldn't outsource. But what I'm saying is, is chances are you're solely focused on that one thing and it's going to, and you're not going to be, you're not going to be the person like anyone that you, if you go and you li- read your favorite author, your favorite author or your favorite musician, they're not you know, they're not worried about whether you like the one song. They know that that song is probably more of an indication of you than it is of them. What you're admiring with them is the fact that they so consistently can do whatever they're doing. Right. And so it's like, we have to, we have, it's almost like a rewiring to what do we want to signal to Trini, our colleagues, uh, the people that are younger than us? What do we want to signal to them? You know, what, what signals do we want to bring out to the world? Is it that we want to signal rich and, and, and successful and all that? Okay. Well, look, if that's what you want to do, then you're going to, then you're going to, then you're going to be focused on outcomes more than likely. But if that's really not the thing that is going to make you sleep good at night and you want to signal other things to the world, because signaling does exist. You just, you just, we, we, you know, you just said it to me several valedictorian, uh, you graduate from here. All those things signal certain things to the world. Now, you know, what do you want to signal to the world? What do you, what is important to signal to? I'm not going to sit here and tell you one thing is better than the other, but that's an, a really important question to ask yourself. Yeah. Let's talk about certainty 
Uh, you said we crave certainty. We want certainty in our purchases, our jobs, our relationships, and our lives. Most concerning, though, we want certainty against our best interests. And I, I couldn't remember the third one, but I realized there are three main illusions in life. Oh, certainty, security, yep. and control. All complete illusions. Uh, you know, and yet, I think we're hardwired to seek out all three of those things. Yeah. So certainty is another one that's kind of it's like it's it's got a, it's dynamic right where where you want to embrace uncertainty because the world is radically uncertain and you know that's what enables you to keep firing right it's like it, you can look at it one uh-huh. or two ways you could say oh well it's so uncertain and i don't know what's going to happen what's the point of doing all this what's the point or you can look at it and saying well no one really cares about me <laughs> or what i do and i don't mean that in a bad way but what i what i mean is i could write the article that ha- gets zero views and then tomorrow i can write another article and it gets 7000 you know, so it's, it's because mm-hmm. you're just not that important in the grand scheme of things. And that's what enables you when you accept that you're enabled, that enables you to keep firing. It's an optimistic way to look at certainty. The other thing that you look at certainty with is when you are engaging with people who are providing you information, right? When you're engaging with specialists, when you're engaging with gatekeepers, how certain are they about the advice that they're giving you? Are they able to articulate the downside of that advice? Like we already mentioned before, there's mm. always a trade-off. There's always a downside. So if you have, if you, if you're following a gatekeeper and a specialist who's only talking to you about the upside, that's that's a bad place to be. Why? Because there's always a downside. There's always something that you're going to have mm-hmm. to give up. There's always that trade-off. And when you're engaging with gatekeepers or specialists who can't articulate the downside, that means one of two things. That means they either haven't thought about it, which is really bad, or they're hiding it from you, which is really bad. So it's like you always want to challenge that certainty when you have someone who is overly certain. And so someone would say, you know, and in, in this situation, I always get the, I always get, you know, when I have, when I'm having talks around this, it's like, well, well, you seem very certain. And I say, yeah, well, I am certain, but I'm going to tell you that closing the gap is really freaking hard to do on whatever you want to do. It means you're going to have to no. push back on counterforce. It means you're going to have to defy family at times. It means you're going to have to get rid of some friends. It means you're going to have to, Put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Like this is all stuff that's very real if you want to truly close gaps in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, you're speaking my language on on so many levels. I, I I really love this. I mean, one of the things you talked about when it comes to naivete is that there's a difference between looking stupid and being stupid, and you have to be willing to be stu- look stupid, and that's smart. That is easy to say and hard to do. Um, I know this because I'm facing it right now with the uh, mastermind group that I'm running. Mostly that is the thing I think that is stopping all of them. This fear that I'm not good enough. Literally everything around their inner critic is around this idea that, Oh, I'm, I'm willing to, I'm not willing to look stupid um, because I'm going to do it publicly. And like, I realize I've had plenty of public failures. I've had typos in (laughs) newsletters, uh, you know, screw us and editing of the podcast. I mean, tons of them. But the thing is that there would be no way I could do this work if I basically wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. I mean, I think that again, it's, it's one of the, everyone starts from, everyone starts from zero. Everyone starts, yeah. every person starts from zero. Everyone has to write the first article. Everyone has to open the business for the first time. Everyone's got to, you know, everyone's got to do everything for the first time. And so it's, 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 it's embracing that idea and that the quicker that you do that, earlier that you do that, the earlier that you, and I, I have a phrase in the book and, I, and I, I, I shout it from mountaintops every chance I get is invest in stupidity now for wisdom later. And there's, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with, there's nothing, I'm not saying you are stupid, 
I'm saying there's nothing wrong with embracing your stupidity. Your the idea that you just don't know enough yet. You just don't know. I just don't know if I. You know, there, there's so many things in my life that I just don't know enough about. I just don't. And there's, it's just, I can't comment on them because I just don't know enough about them. And that's okay with me. I'm okay with that. And I just, I, I, I want people to be okay with that because everybody starts from zero. When I wanted to start writing more and I wanted to start telling better stories and I wanted to start learning different techniques and, and just writing more, there was a lot that I didn't know. And there's still so many things I don't know. But guess what? I'm committed to kind of closing that gap, right? And so like that's the gap mm-hmm. for me where it's like every day I learn something new, every word that I write, every, you know, sentence that I form, I learn, you, you know, you're learning something new. It's just the idea that like there's a day that I didn't know, you know, that the, whatever it was. And now there's a day that you do. And you're always going to start from zero, whether you're writing the book or whether you're creating the movie writing, whatever it is, there's always that day one and the earlier that you Mm -hmm. do. And in the book, I have a great example with uh, Sam Walton. Mm -hmm. The Sam Walton story is, is just classic uh, with investing in stupidity because he literally, he he literally couldn't have started Walmart without the early experience. And you hear this all the time is that, you know, people couldn't do the thing they did later in life unless they had this experience, right? Unless, yeah. And so in the book, I talk about the Sam Walton one, but Shrini has one, Doug Bigliotti has one. We started this conversation with it, right? It's like, oh, well, how mm-hmm. did you grow up? What was your childhood like? And then I said, well, you know, and I, I bet you when I was a kid, I was a lot stupider than I am now, right? So it's like <laughs> that, <laughs> I mean, it's it's the truth, right? So like the time, pa- like you, the, the earlier that you embrace whatever you're doing, uh, you know, the, the better off you are. I mean, I can't really, because of compounding, essentially, bringing it back to bringing it back to the book, The Compound Effect, you know, the earlier that you can co- start compounding those learning experiences, you know, it, it's gonna, it's gonna grow on top of itself. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, this has been amazing. Uh, one of my favorite conversations I've had all year long, uh, just because I think you and I kind of speak the same <laughs> language. So I have one final question for you, which is how we finish all of our interviews at the Atmosphere Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? What it is that I think that makes somebody unmistakable ability to face the enemies in your life, Mm. face the things that you most do not want to face, the things that you do not want to face, the people who are able to do that, just do it, not even successfully, just muster up the strength to do it. Those are the people that I think are unmistakable. Amazing. Um, well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share your story and your insights and your wisdom with our listeners. This has been phenomenal. Where can people find out more about you, your work, and everything that you're up to? Yeah, very easy. Uh, just go to dvwriter.com. DV, my first, my initials, writer.com. And Srini, it's been uh, an absolute pleasure. I, I really, really appreciate the, uh, the conversation and the opportunity to, to come on the show. Awesome. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. While you were listening, were there any moments you found fascinating, inspiring, instructive, maybe even heartwarming? Can you think of anyone, a friend or a family member who would appreciate this moment? If so, take a second and share today's episode with that one person, because good ideas and messages are meant to be shared. Small details are big surfaces. 
tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. 
The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.